If you, if you would, look at the passage in Psalm 127, 3 through 5. We're going to be talking about children today. Um, it says, uh, sons are indeed, or children as well, are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Uh, children are a reward. Like arrows in the, in the hand of a warrior are the sons or children born into one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. Such men will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit and your word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you prompt me with it, <clears throat> I want to be obedient. I want to be obedient to present it and speak to it. You see all of us today, Lord. You see me differently. I'm a teacher of your word, your preacher. And upon me is a greater judgment than anybody in this room. I know that and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you. We uh, are going to focus on uh, children today. And you're going to think as adults, it has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with you. And one reason I'm doing this is we're in the middle of April and uh, we are soon going to start a, a ministry and, and just uh, working our way into the Sunrise Ministries in Danville, which is a uh, Sunrise is a campus for boys, uh, like from second grade to high school. They house them, they feed them, they, they educate them. They do all that. We're going to st start stepping in on a regular basis, not a, not a one and done, okay? We're going to come in and stay and learn, and, and then uh, we believe the Lord has revealed this to us. Uh, that's beginning on April the 30th. You'll hear more about that at the end of the service. Uh, it won't be long till we will be, we will be ministering to avenues for women. Uh, Mother's Day, you get a baby bottle. You bring it back on Father's Day with change in it. Uh, it's one of their major fundraisers. I think they have a couple of them, but it's one of them. And uh, we're, uh, we're ministering to mothers to keep their babies and also provide for them even beyond the birth of the child. Um, it won't be long till Vacation Bible School's hitting up. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm saying right there. Thank you for that. Uh, and... Uh, and, and the rest of the church is just as excited, right? Yeah, sort of, that's what I thought. Uh, so the uh, Bible school's coming up in June. It'll be here before you know it. You're going to be hearing people about signing up for it. Many of you are like, I don't know anybody. I can't mean, you, you got to plug into these things. We bring them up. I can't make you, but we bring things up where you can serve. And as you serve in these things, you're going to meet all kinds of people. Uh, camps are coming up for our children soon. It's going to be here before you know it. The international orphanages that we support, uh, five of them throughout our world, uh, we're actively monthly engaged with all of those. Uh, and then the, the servants that we need to make all this come, come about. So I, I, wanna, I just want to give you a refresher about children. That uh, as we see this Psalms, uh, Psalm 127, we see this, and it, it is that children uh, are a heritage or they are a blessing. Let me remind you that children are blessings, they're not burdens. 
okay? They're not burdens. And you're going, well, you haven't met my kid. Right? You haven't met my kid. Let me tell you something about uh, a guy I read. His name is Derek Kinder. And uh, he said, don't be thinking about children as liabilities. Just we need to realize that they are responsibilities. And if, if I'm going to say this today in reading our culture as a pastor, I think people run from responsibility. I'm not saying you don't have it. You just run from anything that's added on to it. We, uh, we just, we're leaving a day of we'll let somebody else be responsible for it. Yes or no? You know, let's, let somebody else be responsible for that. So they're not, they're not burdens, they're blessings. Uh, we, we have our own burdens. Look at Psalm 55, 22. You wanna have burdens, it's not about children. Cast your burden on the Lord, he will support you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Uh, a problem is in the church today, you think you're meant to carry the burden when the truth is you're meant to cast the burden. And we get to thinking, look at the burden that I'm carrying. My backpack's bigger than your backpack, you know? Uh, but it's, it's, we're not meant to carry burdens. Amen, do you all hear that? Amen. We're not meant to carry them. We have a savior. You, you know, he says, come to me, all you weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. He takes your big backpack and he, he gives you responsibility, but it's not as big as the burden that he takes from you. So we think we've got to carry them. And in the church, we've got to realize we've got to cast them. We cast, we cast those burdens. So uh, I'm going to give you, uh, when it comes to parents, and, and I'm going to teach you today about casting that casting your responsibilities as a parent, not neglecting them or running from them, but even casting them. But uh, you and I bo both can sit down together and I, I'm gonna give you three things here. All of us can come up with these together. These are not anything new uh, to you or to me, but I just wanna walk you through them for just a moment. How they can be problems and not help, to the, help the situation. We, you can have a problem with parenting when you are self-centered. You only think about you. You think about your wants, your needs, your desires. As a pastor, and I do this with dads if they'll let me. Uh, so there are, there are four of us in our family, Julie, the kids. Now there are more. Andrew's married and has two daughters. And so there are more in the family but I, uh, I, the, the way it should be looking in, let's just go back to Julie and, and me when we were married, and it is the Lord comes first, and then there's Julie, and then there's me. I've gotta learn to lead from third place. And most of the men get mad because we're not in first place. If you're in first place in your family, you're gonna have a dysfunctional family. You want me to repeat that? The first person in your family who has first place and preeminent is the Lord. If you and the spouse and the kids battle over the man being number one, your family is gonna be dysfunctional, right? I don't have to go to school to figure that out. I see it. So men, we have, we're last place, okay? So uh, now with more added to the family, I'm way down the line, but I've got to learn to lead from that spot. 
uh, it's, we, get, we get into this battle of control and self-centered. Uh, two, if you're a self-motivator, motivation's okay, but you'll struggle with asking for help. Did you hear that one? In parenting, uh, you'll, if you're a self-motivator or you're a self-starter, those things are okay. There's, there's, but what happens is you will not relinquish help. You'll not ask for help in any, any kind of a matter. Uh, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. You should know verse 7. But look at verse 6. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Okay, go back to six. We, we don't need to exalt ourselves. If you'll, if you'll live in the order that God has given you, he will exalt you. See that? Look at verse seven. Casting all your anxieties and your cares on him because he cares he cares about you. So if you're a self-starter, self-motivator, you don't ask for help very much. But you've got to learn to ask the Lord to help you in your parenting. And he will be able to do that. Number three, if you are self-sufficient, you will wait to the last minute to ask help from the Lord. You will, you will try to do it all yourself, live through all of that worry, Live through all that and then going, well, I can't do it. I must be a failure. And then you ask the Lord to help. As a pastor, would you just go to him first? And let me add this. Will you go to him before you go to Facebook? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me hide. Okay. Learn to go to the Lord first. What, whatever's going wrong in your, your family or with children, go to the Lord first. You gotta handle it. It's, it's hard to do that because again, in the church, we'll think about carrying our burdens and not casting our burdens. And you need to learn to cast your burdens. So uh, children are, are not the burden. They're, they're blessings. So let me put a little prayer in the middle of this sermon. Father, forgive us for thinking that children have ruined our life. Father, forgive us for thinking that children have cramped our style. Father, forgive us when we think children are in the way or children are a distraction or children are too much of a financial responsibility. I can remember when Julie was telling me that she was pregnant with Andrew and I'm going, we can't afford kids. I don't know any parent that can afford kids. You know, that's the biggest thing. Well, wait, wait till you have children till you can't afford kids. Well, when is that going to happen? <laughs> Do you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are y'all saving for, kids? Do you know anybody that's saving for kids? Necessarily, now, the adoption process, foster parenting, I get that. But I'm just saying, I never said, Julie, we're married. Let's just start putting back a little for when we have kids, you know? And the first thing I thought of when she, she told us that she was pregnant with Andrew was like, how in the world am I going to afford that boy, you know? And I can remember when she told me that she was pregnant with Laura. And I, I, I went through a, a, a depressed time. I, I loved Andrew so much. I thought, how can I love a second child? 
And man, does Laura have me wrapped, you know? Uh, how, it, it, you know, you, you just, you have to learn to ask for the help in that. Let me tell you something about Jesus and children. He loves kids. He loves kids. Look at Matthew 19, 13 through 15. Then children were brought to him so he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked him, you know, like Jesus needs to rest. He doesn't have time for your kid. Uh, then Jesus said, leave the children alone and don't try to keep them from coming to me. You may, you may have questions about kids being baptized and you're going, man, I give them 10 years and they'll come back and say they didn't know what they were doing. Let me tell you something here at Hope Church. I, I want children living in truth earlier than I did. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want them living in the truth of who God is and their personal relationship much younger. I want, them, I want them to be able to look back and go, I can't remember not believing in him. Do you understand? I, I want that in them. We want that in them. Where was I? Don't keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven is made up of people like this, meaning children. After putting his hands on them, uh, he, went on, he went on from there. He, he loves children. Don't stop them from coming to the Lord. We invite them to come to the Lord. The kingdom uh, and the way we believe in the, in the Lord in his kingdom is, is we, we should desire to have that same kind of belief that they have. Um, notice that he lays hands on them and he prays for them. This is a note to parents. Introduce your, have spiritual conversations with your children about the Lord and his kingdom. Try to teach them that. Uh, not, not just teach them about things of this world. If we're not careful, we'll teach them that things of this world will make them something. And the only person that can make something out of us is the Lord himself. Our problem is we've introduced them to the world. We've even taught them how to navigate the world and we have not taught them how to live in the kingdom of God, how, how, to, how to forgive, how to do these things. So here in our church, we want to teach them about life in the kingdom, but we want you teaching it too. Now, now you're going to do your figuring here when I give you this number and that's okay. Uh, try to stay focused on the sermon, but I'm, I'm going to give you this. Uh, some of you are like, well, I'm going to provide for my kids. I'm going to give them a house, a roof to live under. I'm going to give them shelter. I'm going to give them food. You know, the hierarchy of needs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see that they're educated. I'm going to make sure that they're clothed. I'm going to make sure that they're safe and okay. I'm going to let the church teach them about Jesus. Don't have that thinking. You need to stop that thinking right now. On a good year, <clears throat> are you listening? On a good year, I didn't say a week, I said a year. We have your kids about 50 hours a year. Now, when you put in your personal vacations, when you put in spring and fall break, when you put in holidays, when you put in your, your travel team, your ball team, when you, whatever it is you do, when you put all that in there, our church has your kids about one work week out of 52 or 50 hours out of the year. Live in that perspective. We're, we're not gonna disciple your kids with you living your life and bringing your kids here. 
yes, we'll introduce and yes, we'll reinforce and yes, we will encourage, but I, I can't do it in 50 hours a year. We come alongside of you. Do you all hear that? You, you hear that? And, and 50 hours a year may be a, a high number. So that's why at Hope Church, we're not just going to run and play games with your kids. Do you hear me? It's not going to be about, oh, I want to go to Hope Church because it's fun. I want, I've got so many hours in a year to teach your kids about Jesus and to teach your kids about the kingdom and to teach your kids how to live in it. Sometimes we've got a mentality, let's just drop them off to the campus and somehow they're going to get it. Nope. Let me tell you, I lived on the campus and it was a long time before I got it. <laughs> Do you understand? So we, it, it's, it's got to be an effort that comes together. Uh, you're like, well, let's just put them on the church property and put them in this program and they're going to, that's why we don't, you're going, well, man, Hope Church is not fun and run with our kids. We don't want it to be fun and run with your kids because I only have so many hours in a year to teach them about the things of God. And I say I, I'm talking about Dustin, I'm talking about Logan, I'm talking about our children's ministry, but you understand what I'm saying. It's got to happen with you too. We've got to put it, we've got to put it together. So when it comes to the Lord praying over them, okay, I, I want to give you moms and dads something you can do with your own children, foster children, uh, anything that's going on. Look at 2 Timothy 1.6. This is about Timothy. I remind you to keep ablaze or a fire the gift of God that is in you, talking about Timothy, through the laying on of hands and praying. Let me tell you something with that. Do that. I can remember a time at the middle school, we had Richard Ross come, who's a nationally acclaimed youth specialist. He led our church in a weekend. Some of you may remember that. And uh, Richard Ross had us... Uh, had us uh, get with our children and Julie was, was praying with Andrew and I was praying with Laura. And I remember I, I grabbed her hands and I held them and she thought it was weird and awkward, okay? She thought, was, she looked around like, are my friends looking, you know? But I held her hands and I prayed over Laura that God would use these hands, that God would use these hands, uh, that it's a continual prayer. But moms and dads, there's nothing more precious than a good sound sleep of, of watching children go to sleep, you know? Go in there, put your hand on your child and pray over them. Because it, Scripture has a picture that that stirs up the gifts that the Lord is going to give them. To pray over them, okay? It's something you need to do. I loved going into the kids' rooms when they were l l little. Andrew still fights sleep. But, uh, and I'd catch him asleep. And Julie's like, I want you to pray over him. Just don't wake him up, you know? Uh, so, but I would well, go in, and she would too as well, um, to be able to pray over them. It stirs up the gift of God. Timothy, uh, from, from what we read about Paul writing about Timothy, he was shy, he was timid. Uh, and he's, he's praying that the boldness that needs to come up and, and it comes from the Lord, comes to him. So here's what I want to leave you the, these things today. I, I want to give you some spiritual encouragement on children being a blessing. 
as we go through working with Sunrise, and these children don't have any parents on this earth, if they do, they're disengaged from them. As we minister to avenues for women and the children that will be born and growing up, as we come to vacation Bible school, as we handle our kids going, sending them to camps, not just giving you a four-day relief from your children, right? Teaching them about the kingdom. As we give to these international orphanages every month, as we will need servants, for all these things that are coming up, I just want to give you and remind you that children are a blessing. Sometimes they're rowdy blessings. Okay? But they're blessings from the Lord. Uh, I want to give you a practical way to pray over your children uh, in, uh, that God has given you. And you may be here today and you don't have children. Uh, there may be children that are in your life because of your closest friends or your family members, then you start praying for them. Begin praying for those children. When you see children on Sunday and Wednesday nights and camps and vacation Bible school and certain events, I want you to know we see blessings. Again, some of them are really, really rowdy blessings, but they are blessings. So, uh, Romans 8, 14 and 17 is what I want to leave you with today. And I want to read the whole thing because in, in Romans 8, there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And when we read this, you're going to ooh and ah, you know, because we're adopted into the family of God. I want, I want to remind you, you're not adopted into the family of God because you think it. You're adopted into the family of God because you have repented. Okay? You have left a life of your flesh and the world and then moved into a life with the Spirit. And that's in Romans 8. So look, look at this. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons or children. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Remember, you have a heavenly Father. And he'll love you more than anybody on this earth. He loves your children. Um, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. Do you see that important verse? We are God's children. Look at this. This is beautiful. And if children were heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Listen to this. This is the gospel. I want you to hear it. I would be okay if the Lord just blessed Jesus and then gave us a sub-blessing under Jesus. I'd be okay with that, wouldn't you? I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd say, that's great. You bless the Lord Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior, you know? That's okay. You bless him, and then we'll, we'll kind of be under that. He's going to bless us too, but that's not what he does. The spirit of adoption, and you know the spirit of adoption, you take an oath, don't you? That you declare those children you adopted to be as equal as the children that you have biologically. They're, they're not a substandard. They are co-heirs with your children. So here is the beauty of this. What, what he gives Jesus, 
He's going to give us. Not a higher standard for Jesus and a lower standard for us. Seeing that we suffer with him, we will also be glorified with him. We are co-heirs. We are co-heirs. I'm going to be halfway funny. I want to say joint heirs, but some of you don't don't need to hear the word joint. That may be a little bit out of your past there, just a little bit. So co-heirs. We are co-heirs. I'm watching the ones of you here laughing, going, aha. Yeah, you know. So uh, they are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. What, listen, this is the gospel. What he will give Jesus, he is going to give you. Isn't that, rejoice in that. And you're going, well, what, what about, this sermon's about children. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Yes, it does. Yes, it does, because here we're seeing the love of a father for us as his children. And you'll go around going, well, kids today, they just need to be more obedient and respectful. I get it. But then I have to ask the question, as a child of God, are you more obedient and respectful? Don't demand one thing for the life of a child that you don't give the heavenly father in your adult life to. Don't you dare say kids need to be obedient and you live disobediently. When it says honor your father and the mother in the Old Testament, and it, it means honor them, but there's an underlying truth in there. You must give your children something to honor. So don't, don't require disobedience in kids when you don't require it in your own life to your heavenly father. Do you get that? So if you're thinking, this is about children, I, I, it doesn't include me, I just included you, all right? Because we are his children. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. He is our heavenly father and he loves us very, very much. He doesn't see us as burdens, he sees us as blessings. And he, we are not to look at children as burdens. Can they be knuckleheaded at times? Can, as Tyra calls them, can they be biscuit heads? Absolutely. But they're not burdens. They are blessings from the Lord. It, it, even that passage I gave you in Psalm 127, it is a picture that they will grow up and defend you. They will grow up and defend you like arrows. They will be a defense for you even in your future. I can even say that about Papa as we care for him in the nursing home and Meemaw too. Uh, Julie feverishly works for her parents. Uh, unbelievable to watch. Many of you all are doing and have done the same thing. And I know if the chance is, is given to you, you will respond accordingly. But they grow up and they become great defenders of us. Um, but he, listen, he loves, you're his child. All of us who have came to faith in Christ, repented from the flesh and the world, he came, he and he loves us. So let's not require one thing for a generation of children that we don't require out of our own lives when it comes to the kingdom and in a relationship with our heavenly father. Uh, Respond today for whatever reason. Whosoever will, for whatever reason today, you just come, okay? You may want to come and pray for your families. 
uh, pray for children. I don't, I don't know what you're going to do. You just, the spirit and the bride, they say come. Church, would you stand with me? Counselors, would you find your spot? Team's going to lead us. You come.